This is Nordic Innovation Forecast. In this episode, we are taking to the skies as we are going to shed some light on sustainable aviation. My name is Nils Johan Halvorsen, and I'm going to let today's guests introduce themselves. My name is Maria Fiskerud, and I'm a pioneer when it comes to fossil-free aviation. I have many different roles. Today, I'm here as a project manager for our Nordic Network for Electric Aviation. I'm also working as an independent consultant within change management and fossil-free aviation. And I am Olav Mosfall Larsen. Um, I've been working on sustainability and carbon reduction issues my whole, whole professional life. Um, the last 14 years, I've been working with Avinor, the Norwegian airport operator and air navigation service provider. Um, and before that, I was a researcher at the University in Oslo, research, doing research on uh, innovation policy, energy policy and uh, climate policies. Welcome both and welcome esteemed listener. I would like to start with you, Maria. Could you uh, give us a little status on where we are regarding really introducing electric aviation in the Nordics? I, I know that there are electric planes flying, but when will this become a practical means of transportation? As, as you said, we already have some planes in the Nordics, the, the small ones, the pipistrels, for more for schooling and, and uh, for pilots training in both Norway, Finland and, and Sweden. But I think the real routes, as you said, uh, we will see them in somewhere between 2026 and 2030. I think in the Nordics. And I think we will be a forerunner as we already are in the Nordics with these routes, both because our countries are so good for for this kind of transportation. We need transportation that are sustainable and we also need transportation between cities, for example, in the north or between north and south in our countries and also between our Nordic countries. Since today, we only have a 2% of the routes going between our Nordic countries that are not touching one of our big cities. Uh, and uh, we think this could be very useful for the Nordics. And also, we are the 12th economy uh, in, the, in the world when we come together as uh, a Nordic country. So it's good if we have more collaboration between our countries. And um, we also already have, most of our Nordic countries have the um, renewable energy already in place. So that also... Uh, gives it a, a very good um, opportunity to start here. And as you know, we have a lot of industry. For example, in Norway, we have the Rolls-Royce Center for Electric Aviation. And in Sweden, we have Hart Aerospace that are building one of the first 19-seaters uh, that will be used for regional travel. And I would say that maybe it was even so that it was Norway that, that actually kicked this industry going uh, a couple of years ago when Norway said that in 2040 their domestic flights will be electric. Okay, yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, Norway, it's a, it's a good opportunity to introduce uh, uh, Olav uh, again. So uh, Maria is talking on electric planes, Olav. Uh, they are... Uh, 
obviously going to allow us more frequent uh, air travel uh, over smaller distances, more flexibility. But I would believe that uh, in Avinur, uh, the focus is more on introducing biofuel into the traditional aircrafts on longer hauls, or am I getting the picture wrong? Um, our goal is that Norwegian aviation has zero or very, very low emissions, and we don't believe that there is one silver bullet uh, to uh, to to reach that goal. Or it's no sort of either or for us. We have explored many different approaches for more than a decade, and uh, biofuels, or what is now called sustainable aviation fuels, is an already certified and turnkey solution. Can be used in all aircraft and all all infrastructure already existing. And in the future, we believe it can play a very important uh, role for for uh, for long haul flights. But that said, the battery electric uh, is uh, will hopefully be very relevant on on the short haul flights and what we call the the thin routes with uh, with few passengers. And we could see hybrid electrical uh, regional flights, uh, which is of a batteries with some kind of range extender. And uh, now even hydrogen fuel cell and hydrogen direct combustion is uh, high on the agenda. So there are several solutions uh, in the future and uh, and we don't believe that one of them is better than the others and we think they can they could all probably coexist in the future so for for as, as i know norway i sit in norway and that's the, the, the plane routes that i know the best uh, we, you would think that uh the the shorter routes that uh, vidra today are operating they would be electrical in a few years Yes, that's uh, that's possible. Uh, many of their flights are are quite short. I, I believe their their shortest flights is somewhere between thirty and forty kilometers as the as the crowd flies. So that could definitely be covered by by electrified aircraft in the in the future. But the aircraft Vidra sooner or later will uh, will will acquire or will buy. Uh, they will also have to sort of function on on uh, on the whole network of routes they have. So. Uh, it will be very exciting to see what kind of solution that Vidria finally ends up investing in. And, and this is, a, I think, a, a quite complicated and thus also very interesting picture to see all the uh, pros and, and cons for, for the different solutions available and, uh, and how they fit the, the strategic plans of, of Vidria in the future. Mm. Let's uh, leave Vidre for a little while and go back to to Maria. Uh, you touched upon it uh, a little bit, but uh, say a little bit more about how you think that the electrification of uh, air travel will will change the way we uh, use and and look on air travel. I think it will change it uh, quite a lot, and I think we might even have to look at sustainable mobility and all the other transports as well. I, I totally agree with Olaf that there will be different um, solutions for aviation, but I also think that all the different transport uh, ways we transport it uh, today will also be more uh, closer to each other. We need to look into where it's most sustainable to, to do uh, what we want to do and what demands we have. For example, uh, we might need in Sweden the railway for more uh, cargo and then maybe we need more people uh, in there. But uh, with that said, um, when we talk about electric aviation, I think we will see 
as I said, more routes outside uh, of the route net that we have today because it's cheaper and it's for more flexible. So you can have more routes and maybe use it more like we use buses and regional travel today. So you could look at it more like buses with wings. And therefore, I also think that we need to maybe look into more when we plan for our cities, for example. Uh, we see a lot of um, um, t um, travel uh, knots, I guess you could call it, and a lot of them are in the middle of the city. But maybe we have to rethink here if we will have both buses on wheels and buses with wings and the railway coming to the same uh, nod, so to speak, and from there we can we can uh, travel. So I think we need to look more into mobility, and I think that electric aviation will be a, a part of that. Also, if we look at the weather we have right now in the winter, it's also a safety aspect. It might be better for us to travel by air in the winter instead of having a lot of cars on, on icy roads in this part of, of the world. And that can also be done when we have more flexible, cheaper, shorter routes with electric aviation, which also compared to fossil cars will, will of course, be more sustainable as well. Hi, this is Nina from Nordic Innovation. To achieve fossil-free aviation in the near future, we must collaborate and innovate. The Nordic Smart Mobility and Connectivity Programme is currently supporting two projects focusing on sustainable aviation, the Nordic Network for Electrical Aviation and the Nordic Drone Initiative. Olav, any other uh, advantages of uh, a more sustainable way of uh, flying that we just haven't thought about yet that, that you think about? Oh, I think it's about, uh, first and foremost, to reduce the carbon emissions. And then aviation already has a um, uh, pretty good call it track record in terms of uh, not um, placing a too big footprint on, uh, on, the, on the ground. We need a couple of kilometers of runway in each end. And, and from that, you can sort of take off to, to everywhere in the world without drilling tunnels or building bridges or constructing roads through uh, areas with, uh, which are rich on biodiversity for, for that case. So it's, it's a very flexible way of transportation. And one could sort of foresee that in the, in the future um, with smaller aircraft, perhaps cheaper to operate, that uh, the frequency of flights would increase and thus make it also more, even more accessible for, and maybe also in the future sort of accessible on demand for uh, for for people living especially in in uh, in smaller places in in uh, in uh, rural areas so um aviation is actually a pretty good way of of moving around um if it was not for the for the carbon emissions so uh, in the future we won't need roads we'll just uh, catch a drone or something <laughs> yeah those who survive will We'll see, but that's uh, some of the <laughs> uh, some of the projections are, are are in that direction. Yes, yeah. And uh, with uh, you mentioned runways, uh, Olav, and there you also mentioned uh, biofuel or or hybrid solutions, uh, even with hydrogen. And uh, Maria, uh, the charging of these electrical planes. What are the 
infrastructure that needs to be in place to make this happen on a practical level? At the moment, uh, the first ones that that we, the first electric planes that we will start to use, we will have uh, most airports will have enough uh, electric uh, uh, electricity for that. Uh, when it comes to when when we have a more more electric planes and and more general routes, that's what we are. That's one of the work packages that we are looking into in. Uh, in the, the network for electric the Nordic network for electric aviation. So that's something we are counting on right now. And for example, who knows, maybe the the airport will be the hub for also electric roads and uh, maybe huge batteries where you store the electricity for other transports and besides the, the aviation as well. So that's something we need to look more into to assure that, that it's done in a, in a good way. But the, in the first years now, most airports have eno- enough electricity to kind of start this um, road towards um, electric aviation. Do you have enough power, Olav? Yes, we believe so. Uh, some great colleagues of mine um, mapped what we call this of electricity supply and consumption at all our more than 40 airports uh, in, in, in our network uh, during summer last year, 2020. And uh, we now have a decent understanding on uh, bottlenecks and where we have a lot of surplus electricity. We have an indication about costs of sort of adapting to this uh, to electrified aviation in the future, and and in some some airports, it, it seems like it could be more rational to use to um, use pretty big stationary batteries instead of charging directly from from the grid. But uh, that said, we uh, electric aircraft is one thing. Uh, but we also see a great influx now of electric cars, uh, battery electric cars in Norway, battery electric buses that also need charging at the airports. So actually in some, in, 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 uh, in some airports, the, uh, that is maybe more challenging uh, than, than charging electric cars. And now we, have, now we have different projects trying to see the full picture and seeing these trans all the different transport modes needing not fossil energy, how we can serve our, our passengers in the best, best possible way. So yes, we are indeed looking into this in a very systematic manner, uh, I think I can say. Mm. I would like to just uh, change the topic for a little while, because uh, as we uh, speak here, uh, we're in the midst, or hopefully uh, on our way out of a great pandemic. And uh, the pandemic has hit the aviation industry extremely hard. And how, Olav, has this uh, affected uh, the work and the change and the move towards a more sustainable situation for aviation? Yeah, uh, these are rough times in uh, indeed, and the uh, financial situation for the aviation industry is uh, is bleak, <laughs> uh, and many airports and airlines are are fighting for survival basically. Um, but in uh, in my echo chamber, uh, the people I talk to, the signals I sort of catch, is that the industry is definitely looking way beyond the COVID pandemic. And uh, there are no signs uh, for me that uh, that uh, the situation of the pandemic has has changed 
the approach of the of the industry to uh, uh, to look for zero and very low emission uh, solutions in the future. We have been working with uh, Norwegian domestic air carriers uh, for a number of years, uh, Norwegian Air Shuttle, uh, Scandinavian Airlines, and 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 Lidra, and we published a report in in um, October, I believe it was uh, last year. Uh, that is sort of where the target is in uh, is uh, to fulfill the Paris Accord. So our goal that also the airlines are on board is is that. Uh, Aviation in and from Norway should be fossil free by 2050. And I believe you have the same goal in Sweden, but even more ambitious uh, from 2045. And also uh, early February uh, this year, 2021, the European aviation industry launched a, a, uh, a strategy perhaps called Destination 2050 that is sort of in the, on the same terms. So there's a lot of very interesting stuff happening in Europe at the moment, uh, where the whole industry is collaborating um, to find solutions for the future. Uh, and Maria, uh, what are the, the main obstacles, the biggest challenges, as you see, it, uh, to uh, achieve a more sustainable and a, a greener way of flying? Well, it's, a, it's a global industry, so we need to work together. Um, and if we talk about uh, electric aviation, we need to find a global standard or work through the global standard. And we hope that we can uh, uh, do an effort here from the Nordic countries. We've done it before in the telecom industry, where the Nordics went together and started um, the standard for telecom business uh, for the mobile business that uh, that is uh, used today as well. And this is important because wherever you fly, we need to have the same way of charging when you, whatever airport you come to. That's also how the, the, the fuel today, the jet fuel today is working. And that's also how the sustainable aviation fuel will work. It's the same globally and uh, it, it needs to be the same uh, standard also for electric aviation. And hopefully what we see, what we are doing here now um, in, in the Nordics looking into this, and then if it, uh, then it has to be on a global level. But what we also can see if we look on into the telecom uh, market, when in Africa, for example, where if you go there now, you hardly see any land lanes because they skipped that and went directly to mobile phones. And hopefully we can help other countries to do the same. If we are front runners and uh, we help to develop this area around electric aviation, maybe then in Africa and other countries, they can skip the fossil aviation part and go directly to sustainable aviation fuel and, and electric aviation. So in that sense, we can actually maybe and increase sustainability even more.
than uh, if we just worked in our own countries and for our own countries. Yeah, uh, and that means that you got the final word, Maria Fiskeru. Thank you for joining Nordic Innovation Forecast, and also thank you to Olav Mosvold Larsen. Please do go to nordicinnovation.org for more on sustainable aviation and other interesting reads on sustainable mobility and more. For now, thank you for listening. 